Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Adolis Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Facebook and Instagram or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Adolis. Welcome, everybody. It is me, Adolis. Jonathan's going to be um, with you again tomorrow, but he wanted me uh, to come on today. And I am talking to you about three things that uh, will hinder you from fulfilling the call of God in your life, from fulfilling your destiny. And so we're just going to jump right in. Good morning, everybody. Let me know where you're watching from because I haven't been here in a minute and I want to know how everybody's doing. I want to know how you're doing on the fast. Um, is anybody still on water? I know a couple of people that are still on water. Uh, top of the morning, Pastor Mike, I'm sorry that I was not able to hug you and um, tell you that I love you and that you are um, my best friend. Uh, uh, so maybe next time, eh. Claremont, we've got Lancaster, we've got Seattle, Cincinnati, we got El Paso, Jacksonville, um, uh, still a lot of people on from six to six. If you're still doing the fast with us, I want you to give me a hand emoji, like a wave emoji or something like that. I want to know that you're still on it. Um, if you're still hanging in there with the six to six water, how is it going? Um, I am now on coffee. I just started coffee yesterday and I look like a crackhead to be quite honest with you. And, uh, at the end of this broadcast, you're also going to see the effects. This is my very first cup of coffee, uh, today. Second, second one. Wow. Lots of people still on here. Okay. Really good. I am so proud of you. Can we just get a, a round of applause here in the studio for our people? Wow, you guys are here. We also have like an actual studio audience here. But uh, I want to say this is not a small thing that you're doing here. Lots of people, and I'm sure you're with it like I am, uh, that when you go out to do like running errands or when you're going out to get your kids some food, you look at the other people that are around shoving food into their faces with the uttermost disdain. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but I, I just look at them, you know, and I was actually at the mall in the beginning of the fast, and this is when I was like right in the water fast. And there was uh, a couple of people, older people, and uh, we went to take the kids to get some pizza. And uh, I just remember looking at them just with like the most, you know, spiteful, hate-filled look in, their, in my eyes. And I was just like, is that worth it? Is that worth your destiny? I hope you eat it because you're going to need it. You know, it was just something like that. And it, uh, listen, I still feel that way. I still feel that way. Uh, so just give me until Sunday when I get like a piece of pizza, maybe not a piece of pizza. I don't think I'll be breaking it with a, a piece of pizza. But I do want to emphasize, uh, take it easy, okay? We are about to um, uh, get off of this fast. And if you've been doing all liquid, if you've been doing... Um, if you've been doing all water, I need you to take it easy. You are not allowed to break it with pizza or a cheeseburger or a steak, uh, for that matter. Uh, and so I hope that you have done your due diligence in um, finding out how to come off of a fast and doing it um, in a very safe and secure way. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that come off the fast and then just go straight to like a spicy chicken, uh, you know, uh, sandwich 
from Chick-fil-A, you'll be in the hospital. I warned you. This is your warning. No. You, you start off light. Start off with maybe soft vegetables or a, a, a soup or a broth. Uh, but just pace yourself. And then uh, just, just because I'm here and I'm a mother and I want to just remind all of you because there's quite a bit of you guys doing it with us uh, globally. Uh, I think the, the last time we um, counted, it was like 4,000, right? Is it past that? It's past that. What is it? Four and a half. 4,500 people um, coming in on this. So I would like to say that I trust you and that I, I feel like um, I believe that you know what you're doing, but chances are you don't. Um, and so what I want you to do is just be very careful coming off of this fast. Do not hurt yourself. Uh, there's also, once you, uh, Cheetos, no. Yeah, we got to put them Cheetos down, Kimberly. No. Uh, so what, what you want to do is just be sensitive because you're going to break the fast very lightly. And then at midnight, you're going to get like this incredible hunger. Uh, like it just, it, it's like your body is, is reacting and like finally kind of uh, putting it together that like, oh, I can eat. And so it's just going to go into another gear and you're going to feel like eating your entire refrigerator. Um, if that's the case, do not do that. Uh, have another cup of uh, coffee, or not a cu cup of coffee, have another cup of soup or something very light, uh, but do not fall into the trap of harming yourself those first few days coming off of it. And I'm just telling you, we're, we're now day what into the fast? 13? 14? 16 days? I stopped counting. See, that's how, because if I was counting, it'd be over. Uh, so you, we're on day 16. See, so we just got a couple more days. So hang in there. And for those of you that haven't done it, or maybe you just found out about this and like you're coming into 16, sorry, guys. Um, you're coming into it like right now, jump on. Like it's not too late. You could start a, a, a couple day water fast or just a liquid fast or a six to six. You're going to feel the effects of this fast. I promise you. Okay. Uh, and so anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the people that are watching this. I thank you for the people that have been praying and fasting with us. And Father, I ask you that even before this fast is over, that they would have their heart's desire, whatever they've been asking you for in this time of prayer and fasting, let it be done. Let it be accomplished by your supernatural power and by the wind of the Holy Spirit, Father. Do it quickly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said here's my first sip here we go okay has anybody seen um, alone the series if you've not seen alone evangelist Daniel I want you to go on uh, the history channel I think it's a history it's on the history channel and it's a show um, and they've got a couple seasons now you should probably tune into the first first season. Just start it there, uh, and then just tell me after a couple seasons because some of the seasons are whack. But one of the things that I love to see is um, when one of the uh, people that were positioned there all alone would tap out. They would show you a little clip of them 
drinking bone broth for the first time. And it was like something hot, something very nutritional. I felt like I was that person in alone coming off of a seven water day fast with the bone broth. I literally was like, it was the most glorious thing in the whole wide world. And so I just wanted to let you know, it is worth it. Stay on the fast. It is worth it. And, uh, you know, food and everything else will be all the more sweeter. If you cut it now, it's not, it's really, it's going to stink. So just don't, just, just stick with it. Don't give up. Don't give up and quit. Honestly, my sister started it from six to six. Now she's doing liquid because after a while you're like, yeah, it's like the, the food's like, whatever. I don't even care. Like I want, I'm pressing in and I want you to continue to press in because you know, don't, don't relent. Don't put your foot off of the gas. Can you say amen? Uh, three things that will hinder you from fulfilling your destiny. I was talking to Stephanie this morning and I was um, telling her uh, what I really wanted the title to be, but it was just, it was a paragraph long. What I really wanted this thing to be titled was three things that will um, hinder you from having the most glorious 2023. Three things that are going to hinder you from um, the uh, ability to not repeat all the other years that you've experienced in your life. You have to get over uh, this, this mental hump, I I'd like to say it's a, this mental, uh, blockade, uh, for some of you that is keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. It's keeping you from fulfilling the, the, the fullness of, of, of what God's called you to do. And so I want you to write these things down. We're going to have some word, but before that, Lila, this isn't charging. Can you figure this out? Because it's, it keeps saying this, it should be charged, although this iPad has been dead for quite some time. I also have, I brought my charger, so maybe it's the charger. Thanks. Thanks, Lila. Uh, and so, right now, I want to get into this. I want to get into all these uh, excuses that we've made throughout the years because of, you know, uh, trauma, because of tragedy, because of all these things. I'm going to get into it all today because I think these are going to uh, really help you accomplish what you have to accomplish in 2023. Please don't let 2023 be a repeat of 2022 or 2021 or God forbid 2020. Uh, you know, uh, you, you don't, in order for you, you can come in here and, and, and you're not going to interrupt me, sis. Okay. You, mm -mm. you do what you got to do. Uh, I feel, a I feel like a lot of times uh, we as believers, we find uh, scapegoats, we find these like excuses to try to like get out of um, doing what God's called us to do. And for the very first point that I want to um, uh, get to is Matthew 16, 24. Okay. Matthew 16, 24. I'm trying to edit so that I'm not here for six and a half hours. Uh, Matthew 16, 24 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Let me just stop it right there before I read the whole thing. Okay. Let's break that down. Give up your own way. Take up the cross. and then follow me. 
Give up your own way. I'm going to camp out here for quite a bit of time because I want you to understand in order for you to do what God's called you to do, you're going to have to give up your own way right here. According to Matthew 16, 24, giving up your own way is trying to figure it out in your own strength and power. It's trying to do things that you're not called to do. Uh, and, and I'm going to put myself on the chopping block here. This is the chopping block and this is the Dallas. And here I'm at, hey, these are, these are things that I, me personally, have had to overcome throughout the years. In order for God to, to fulfill the work in me, there were things that I had to do. And the very first thing that I had to do was get me out of the way. That makes no sense. Ver, the, the verbiage makes no sense. How can you, it, it's your life. It's your destiny. How is it that I have to get out of the way if I'm the one uh, spearheading it, if I'm the one in the driver's seat? And that's the problem. You should not be the one in, your, the, in the driver's seat. You should not be the one spearheading anything. If you understand the principles of God, if you understand the word, we are no longer uh, in command. We are no longer the driving force in our life. In fact, the word of God says that we are slaves, quite literally. We are slaves to God. So it is what he wants done. It is what he wants uh, fulfilled in our life that we have to get acquainted with. And see, a lot of times we are just told, especially here in America, you got to figure out something that you're really good at. You got to figure out, you know, if you don't know, just kind of narrow it down to three things. It's what my guidance counselor told me. So what are you really good at? Narrow it down to three things. Then from those three things, try to find schools that are going to facilitate that. Well, for me, I wasn't good at anything. So he, there's that. What am I going to just like, you know, literally pull it out of my butt? Okay, I'll pull it out of my butt, I guess, because I'm literally not good at anything and I don't like anything. I don't. Like I didn't like science. I hated math. I had an interest in the arts, but I wasn't really good at it. So there goes that. Uh, wasn't a public speaker. I was painfully shy. Um, uh, what else? There's like nothing left. So I'm trying to, out of thin air, trying to, you know, finagle a purpose for my life instead of doing what's required of me, which is what we're doing right now, which is why you felt compelled this year to pray and fast with us. Because there's something about being with Jesus and, 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 and consecrating your life to him that brings you the fulfillment of, of what it is that you're called to do, the purpose in life. What a tragedy it is for people to live without a purpose. That sucks. And let me tell you something right now. Been there. I've been there, done that. I've lived without a purpose. I've, 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 I've tossed up the idea of what, what do you want me to do? I don't know what I want to do. The only thing that w was conscious in my, in my mind, you know, was the fact that I didn't want to be a loser. That's it. That was the only thing that was kind of like motivating me. Please, God, let me not be a loser. I don't want to be a loser. I've seen a lot of losers in my days. I don't want to be a loser. I want to be successful. How can I do this? All right, so then here it, here it is. I had the word. I was in youth group. I felt the call already, but I pushed it because I didn't think in my own uh, brain. I, I, I couldn't really... 
Um, it, it wasn't making sense how I could be prosperous and happy being in the ministry. There I said it. And so I was like, there's no way that, like, one of the main things that I want to do is be happy. And I really haven't seen that in the ministry. <laughs> so, um, you know, my, my 19, 18-year-old self convinced me out of it because I couldn't see it. Because I couldn't see it. And so because I couldn't see it, then it couldn't have been done, right? That's, that's, what I, that's what I tricked myself into believing. Because I have never seen that done, then it's obviously an impossibility. So I'll figure it out on my own strength and power. See you, God. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong about that. Boy, if I could do it again brother. If I could do it again, sister, I would tell you these things. And that's why I'm telling you these things because at you guys, there's a lot of you. And I felt this in my spirit. You guys are at a, like a crossroad. You, you're at a fork in the road. And if you go one way, if you go down that path, it's going to lead you to nowhere. And it's going to frustrate the heck out of you. And you might not see it entirely, uh, right away. But in five or six years, three years time, you're going to look at that and say, dang it, I wish I would have gone the other way. I wish I would have just done what God told me to do. I wish that I was a little bit more sensitive to my spirit. And you can't be more sensitive to your spirit than you are during, than, than, when, than when you're in a fast. And so that's why we compel people, stay on it. Uh, you know, continue to press in with what God wants you to do because it will change your life. And so I did it. And so I thought, okay, so I will do uh, interior design because I know, I, you know, I, I feel like it's fun. That would bring me happy. Money will bring me happy. I can, you know, enroll in art school and just uh, go full on the opposite way of what God said because I wanted to take control. Because I didn't trust him enough with my destiny. Let's be honest. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's real talk. I didn't trust God enough uh, to lead me in the way that I should go. How ignorant. How, how foolish. How uh, uh, prideful that is. And, you, and we take those stances every single day of our lives. Well, I don't really trust him. And you won't say you don't trust them. It'll just like be disguised as something else, right? Well, we have to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom. Listen, a lot of that, that those, those uh, you know, the, the packages, you can wrap it up in a really beautiful package and, and there's a beautiful bow on it. But in the inside of that, there's a turd. There's a turd on the inside of that package. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're wrapping the turd around a beautiful, uh, decorative, uh, uh, expensive paper. But, but inside of it is, is dung. It's absolute, it's not going to benefit you at all. So I don't care how you disguise it. Well, in God's timing, well, I'm just waiting on God. How many of you guys have heard that? It's what takes, it's what literally, quite literally, will snap you out of fulfilling what God has called uh, uh, for you to do in your life. Well, we got to use wisdom. Let me tell you, there was one girl and uh, I, I met her several years ago in Maryland. I think it's Maryland. We were in D.C. I think. I don't remember. This is like years and years ago. Uh, but she wanted to have dinner with us. And we never did that. But I felt, I was like, John, let's have dinner with this girl. 
And so we started talking to her, and I could just see the call of God on her life. Now, for those of you that don't minister and don't really, like, get it, um, and you're convincing your your children not to go into full-time ministry, this one's for you, okay? Uh, Because there's just certain people that just see things. And, like, ministers, it's an easy thing to see other ministers uh, the the calling uh, of God on other people. Um, it's it's as though they're wearing like an orange cone in the spirit. And you don't know why, but you know there's a calling there. I don't know why. I don't know you. I don't know your last name. It's to this, you know, I, 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 don't, I seriously don't even know that girl's last name as of right now. Uh, but I knew that there was something that God was doing in her life. And Jonathan could sense the same thing. And so we asked. And she said, man, I would really love to do what you guys are doing. But, like, I I know that in God's timing, she continued to say these things. In God's timing, God is going to lead me there. And I was like, no. No, no, you do it now. You do it. Well, I I would, but my parents don't really understand ministry. And they want me to uh, get a nursing degree. And so for the better part of an hour, we were just pouring into this girl and just letting her know, like, no. If God calls you to do, see, the, the people don't understand that there is an opportunity, a window of opportunity for a minister, and you either jump through it or it passes you by, and it'll be a very long time before you get back to that place, if ever. So you don't want to delay when God is calling. That's why it's called the call, <laughs> because God is quite literally calling you. Can you imagine if I, if I called my daughter and she never responded? This is how it happens at my house. Camila? Camila, come here. No answer. Camila? Camila! Until I am quite literally yelling. And I'm like, ah! and now I'm ticked off. Like, why didn't you respond? Why haven't you come here? I called you, you know, three minutes ago. Why haven't you uh, uh, told me where you were at? You see? So, like, as a natural parent, like, uh, you know, as an earthly parent, it ticks me off that I have to do that. Like, if I call, I want a response. I want to know where you're at. I want you. See, I'm calling you, and it's for a purpose. And if you don't respond to that call, it's irritating. And people don't like that side of God, but it exists. Okay, if you don't think that God uh, doesn't get irritated, if you don't think that God is a God of war, is a God of vengeance, is a God who, uh, you know, uh, grows, you know, uh, you know, it's it's you have to read the Bible. You have to read the word. I don't want to say too much without like fully discouraging you today because I'm not in it to discourage you, but I am in it to just let you know it's time. It, sometimes y'all need a pow pow. Sometimes you need just a swift kick in the behind, in the rear to get going because this is absolutely integral for your destiny. When God calls you, you do it. You just do it. I've, I've not seen in the Bible where, and you know, let's, let's study the life of Abraham, where God said, hey, I want you to do this. And then Abraham waited seven years uh, for that to happen because he was just waiting on God's timing. He didn't feel uh, like the stars were aligned at that moment. So he just, you know, held it up. That doesn't exist. Whenever God spoke to Abraham, he did it immediately, if not the very next day. Like, there was no hesitation. There was no delay. When God called, 
He said, fine, I'm going to do that. I will do that. And I want you to understand this today because if you want to fulfill your destiny, if you want 2023 to not be a repeat of 2022, then you need to give up your own way and allow God to have his way. And in order for you to do that, you got to learn what he wants you to do. And in this time of consecration to God and to the call, I want you to really hone in on that. What do you want me to do? What is my purpose? Ask yourself those questions. Ask yourself those hard things that you've tried to avoid. Because everybody's told you you're a doctor and you're not. Uh-oh. Everybody's told you you are uh, a preacher and you're not. Uh-oh. I wish more people would uh, just be more real with themselves and, and learn how to feel and learn how to deal with your emotions and deal with the feelings. You know, feelings aren't bad. And, and you're, hello, this is me who, who speaks out against feelings, especially to women. But, we, you know, they're not good leaders. Feelings are never a good leader, but they're really good indicators. They're really good signposts. So if you are feeling unfulfilled, if you're feeling purposeless, if that's, an, if that's even a freaking word, I don't even know. But if you feel like there's just, I have no purpose, I have no uh, drive, why? Why don't you have drive? Why don't you, you know, get out of bed, you know, with your foot up in the air like, let's go, you know, why, why is that? Why, uh, why do you feel miserable? Why is that? Because there was a time in my life where I felt those things too. And so I was going after it and I was trying to do it my own way and I was so unfulfilled. I, I, I literally felt depressed in that time. And I was like, this is supposed to be like my college days. <laughs> and I just wanted to cry. I hated getting in my car and driving to school. I hated the classes, I hated the projects, I hated the people, I hated the professors. I just, it was literally like so, so depressing. And I thought to myself, what is going on? Like I, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing what everybody said that I should be doing, so why am I not feeling fulfilled? And finally, in a time of prayer, I hadn't fasted yet, because that was too extreme for me. Uh, but in a time of prayer, and it was serious prayer, and I hope that you've been praying uh, during this time of prayer and fasting, or else it's just a hunger strike. Uh, but in this time of, of prayer, I was just crying out to God. It was um, winter vacation. It was like winter vacation. And uh, I just cried out to God, and I just said, Lord, like, I am not feeling fulfilled, and I need to know, like, what you want me to do. And, and now more than ever, I feel strong to do what I didn't want to do. Remember that fork in the road where I turned that way instead of going that way? Well, all of a sudden, I was right back there. And I was like, I thought I, I would have progressed more after, you know, eight months or whatever it was at the time. And I'm like, and I've literally digressed. Why do I feel like I've digressed? And I felt the quickening of the spirit to open up my Bible. And I remember opening up my Bible because there was two Bible schools that were um, in contention for me. And they were the only two that I knew of, to be honest with you, in, 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 you know, in Massachusetts. So I opened it up 
And it was a scripture found in Zechariah, and it was about um, God calling his people to the holy mountain of Zion. And I thought to myself, Más claro no canta un gallo. Like, it doesn't get any more clearer than this. Uh, 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 you know, I, I, this is obviously what God wants me to do. And I felt it so strong, so strong. Like, I've, it was like the very first time that God had spoken to me, and I've never forgotten it. Um, and, and slightly is because uh, my youth pastor at the time, he knew that I had a call of God on my life, and he also knew that I was running away from it. And uh, when I spoke to him about it and I said, I am going to do what I thought I would never do. I literally said, I will never go to Zion Bible School, ever. Like you, uh, I, 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 will, I will enlist in the military before I go in that place. And I had to eat my words. Thankfully, I didn't enlist in the military. But uh, he was constantly telling me about the scripture, this aha moment when, when God actually spoke to me. And he printed out that verse in Zechariah, like really big, like poster size. And he handed it to me. And he's like, don't you ever forget it. I'm like, okay, sir. And it's what kept me in line because it was that we need those moments in our lives where we find God face to face and we say, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And you know what? No one told me. No one said, people had encouraged me, but I made that decision based on this experience, this face-to-face -face encounter that I had with God. I made that decision. And nobody could walk me off of it. And people tried. It's like, listen, you're already half a year in. Like, finish the school year. You've already put in $8,000, $12,000 down to this art school. You might as well finish it because you're going to lose the money anyway. And so it was appealing to me. It was appealing to me because all those things made sense to my mind. All of those things made sense in my own way. They made sense. But it's not what God wanted for me. It's not what God was calling me to do right then and there. And I heard his voice for the very first time. I pressed in like never before. And my heart, like I just, you know, it was almost like Hannah where she was going, you know. And, and, and uh, the priest looked at him and said, listen, you aren't saying anything. You're drunk. I felt like that drunken state where my heart, like I, I didn't even have words, but I was in such anguish and despair. I'm like, God, speak to me. And he met me. And he met me right there in my bedroom in 195 Walnut Street, Framingham, Massachusetts. Okay, so if, if he could do it to me, he could do it to you. All you need to do is have a, a, a heartfelt prayer directed to God and really want it, really desire God to do his will in your life. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives inside of me. So Christ, have your way. God, have your way. I don't want to do it in my own strength and power because I know what that's going to look like. It's going to look really unfulfilling. And for you that are watching and you're in these kind of like integral years, uh, just fresh out of high school or still in high school or a young adult, man, now is the time to press in. And now is the time to let go of what you think is right and allow God to come in and do a work. Can you say amen? So give up your own way. Give up your own way. Take up the cross and follow me. I guess those could be three points, but they're not. This is just one of these points. Because really, the number one thing you have to do in order to fulfill the destiny 
that God has called you to is to take up your cross. And when you take up your cross, you put away your selfish motivation. You put away what you want happening. You just, uh, like, no, I don't want that. I don't want what I want. I don't want what I think I should have. I don't want, I, I don't want what people say that I should have. I want what you have in store for me. What is it? And the fact of the matter is that you know. You know. You know what you're doing is wrong. You know what you're doing, you got to give it up. You know where, where you're headed to is always going to lead you to a place of, of dissatisfaction. So let's just get real with it. Get real with it. You hate where your life is at right now. That is okay. God can do something about it. But you have to take up your cross. And with that comes major sacrifice. Listen, one of the things that I had to sacrifice early on, and this is because of, uh, you know, obviously because I didn't have the word because I don't, I don't, I don't, I did not have the word back when I was 19, 20 in college, the way I do now, no way, like leaps and bounds. I'm not stupid. I won't say dumb things. Uh, but, but one of the things that like this world will, will make you, um, aspire to, I don't even know if that's the, like the word, but one of the, the, the directions the world wants to lead you in is to follow the money. What is going to make me the most amount of money? How can I do this and, and make, and that's not a bad thing. We actually talk about stewarding what God has called you to do. We're not there yet though. I'm talking about the infancy of what you're called to do. And you're still trying to find it out. If you're following the money, like I was, like I thought there was going to be money outside of the ministry. Boy, was I wrong because I actually, I still know people that went to art school with me that are broke as a joke that are working at Starbucks. See? And it's like, you think, see, the world doesn't work the way people actually think it works. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense that people from, like, fresh out of high school, uh, they don't even go to college, and, you know, they, they come up with this idea, and now they're multi-multi-millionaires. It just doesn't make sense. That is not the way that we are instructed to do things here on this earth. It's like, no, you, you follow things, and then, you know, let's look at all the, let's look at the, the, the three things uh, that are the most money-making things or the three needs that the world needs the most. And people actually guide, like, they guide their life around these three things, three things that make the most money, three things that um, uh, are the most needed. Oh, we need IT people. We need nurses. We need this. We need uh, uh, X, Y, Z. This is what's going to make you the, 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 the greatest amount of money if you do this. As though money is the thing that's going to be what gives you purpose and what gives you uh, joy. And it's just not. They're not. Those are not things. To trust and believe. I know way too many people that dumped in so much money to law school, graduated, and, and passed the bar exam, started, you know, their own uh, whatever line. I don't even know what it's called, like associate thing. Uh, and uh, were absolutely miserable. Hated their life. Hated where it was going. Making buku amounts of money. Still no purpose. Still, they, there was no joy in what they were doing. Let me tell you, in order for you to do what God's called you to do, there's sacrifice. 
sacrifices need to be made. And I'm starting with the very first sacrifice, um, especially here in America, where you just want to follow you know, the, the money trail where you just want to make money and think that that's exactly like the, can I, uh, the TikTok influencers who just here to make money and it's, they've got the most insane mental problems, like legit, they're, they're suicidal, they're full of anxiety. And it's all because what, because you can't throw money at, at, you know, uh, a, a big giant empty hole in your heart. You can't do it. And you'll just uh, just uh, try to try to fill that hole up with with cars and women relationships and more businesses and work and work and more work and and you'll die just work work working and there's never joy there's never fulfillment listen when you take up your cross it means i'm sacrificing what this world thinks is the right way of doing things so if that's what it is if if it's sacrificed because a lot of you and I'm, I, 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 it has to be somebody that's, that's feeling called into the ministry. I can only gather from what I'm, uh, the, the, uh, the, the dots that I'm, I'm, I'm receiving here. But, you know, a lot of you, you're going to have to say, listen, mom, dad, the goal for me is not to make, you know, a million dollars right, uh, you know, once I'm done graduating or whatever. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is for me to do what God's called me to do. The goal is for me to fulfill his purpose in my life. And so that's going to come with a sacrifice because a lot of your parents are not going to like it. So they're going to say, oh, is that the case? Then I'll have your car. I won't pay for your apartment anymore. I'm not going to pay for your schooling. And you better be ready for that sacrifice. You better be ready for the consequences. And I, I trust and believe they are going to be well worth it. They are going to be well worth it. And if I knew what I knew now, back when I was 16, I would have applied for Bible school. Like I would have dropped out of college, got my GED and done it really, really fast. I would have just done it because it, knowing what I know now, knowing what God had in store for me, it, it literally, that scripture that says no minds can even comprehend what you have in store. It's, and that's what I feel like. I couldn't even, back oh, 17, 18 years of age, uh, thinking about the ministry and what God was going to do and all the great highlights of it, I couldn't even come up with the things that I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing right now. My mind could not have comprehended the blessing of, of, of fulfilling the call of God on my life. So I'm telling you right now, it is absolutely integral that you cross that bridge and say, you know, Father, whatever it is that you've called me to do, I'm willing to, to, to take up my cross. I'm willing to make the sacrifices that need to be made to do what you've called me to do. If I have to leave my home, I'm going to leave my home. See, it, 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 always, it, it always looks pretty. It always sounds really good until a sacrifice has to be made. And then it doesn't look so pretty. And then it's not so great. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because really, when it comes to sacrifice, it's you. You. God is calling you to sacrifice something. And a lot of times, people don't understand this, but... There's a price to be paid for everything that's valuable. You, you, your life right now was paid with a high price. It was the blood of Jesus that bought you, that, that took you out of bondage and into this beautiful, 
uh, reality of God's freedom and fulfillment and joy, that came with a price. And anything that's valuable is pricey. And people don't like that concept either. Me and Jonathan are really good at it. Like every time we go to a restaurant, I want to see the most expensive thing on the menu because I know it's going to be the best. That's generally how that works. If it's really expensive, it's because it's very rare and it's very good. And then they take you through, well, this is Wagyu beef. This is grade three. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the cow has never ran a day in its life. They, he just, from the day it, 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 it was removed off of its mother's teat, uh, it was just mas massaged. And so we've massaged it for its entire life. For the last seven years of its life, it was just massaged and fed butter or something freaking crazy. And so you're like, yeah, that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. I want that Wagyu beef. I want that pricey stuff, you know? And so, but, but it's pricey because there was sacrifices that had to be made. There was a strict diet that that cow needed to be on. There was people actually massaging the freaking animal, giving it belly rubs and, and, and giving it margaritas or something, you know, who knows? But there was a sacrifice that had to be made in order for, for, for that to be uh, pricey, for it to be esteemed of high value. And you know, there's so many people that see our ministry and they say, I want that, but they don't want to sacrifice. That's a problem. That's a major, major problem. Because if you think that we haven't undergone uh, sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, you are wrong. And let me tell you, family, blood relatives, uh, uh, preachers, uh, well-established preachers, friends, the close confidants, you know, the, the people that really mean something to you, they're going to be the first ones to try to get you off course. So it's not to, to you know, make you feel disdain or, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be an island unto myself. No, you just, you, you just see the signs and say, hey, I recognize that. I think that's what Adalis was talking about. I'm going to see it. I'm going to take it for a face value. Still going to love them through it. And I know that ju they just want the best. They want, they, they, they mean really good things, but really this is not what God wants for me to do. This isn't, what God wants me to like follow. So I have to be sensitive to what God has called me to do. And you don't have to even make a show of it. There was a lot of people that said, told us, you should take a youth pastor position because you're not making any money. Okay. For me, I was like, listen, we're, we, I, there's, the, there's a high probability um, that for Christmas we're going to have like $150. I should just get a part-time job at Macy's. I can get a job, no problem, because I'm a hustler. Like if, if there's lack, I'm just going to go. I started working when I was at 15 years old, and some of y'all don't even know the, the store because you weren't born yet, but service merchandise. That's how old I am. Service merchandise, and I got an illegal letter from my school to let them think that I was 16 years old so that I could work. Because I was like, I got to make my money. So I was just telling Jonathan, I'm like, listen, I know this is like, you know, this is, this is good that we're fulfilling the gall of God on our life. But listen, for Christmas, let me just, let me do this part time. And I remember it was like asking for divorce. When I said, let me get a part time job at Macy's, he was like, how dare you? 
And I was like, come here. And I remember it was like he was so passionate. Like, no, God has called us to do this. Like, you're a part of this. And I thought, well, okay, okay. No, I won't ever ask. I never asked again. I never offered to, to, to work another day in my life. But there was, it was the principle. It was the sacrifice. It was, it was either we were going to go all in and just trust God all the way to the grave or God is going to have to show up. And by golly, when you do that, when you put it that way, when you, when you, when you fully dive in, when you fully trust in God, he will never make you lack. And I look back on it, and there was great lack in our, the beginning of our ministry. But going through it, it never seemed like it. It never seemed like lack. It was like, okay, so we are living off mozzarella sticks. But I got like a really good marinara sauce. We could dip those things in marinara, ranch. Check the ranch. It might be expired, but we'll bless it anyway. Boom. Now we got like a medley of different. So it never seemed like it was this, this you know, tumultuous uh, hardship just going through, just sacrificing. If that's what it is, you're doing it wrong. Because with sacrifice, there's a joy that comes with it. Because you love God. Everything that you do for God is a sacrifice, but it doesn't seem like it's a sacrifice. Because you love him. And you say, I'm, I'm willing to give that up by 100%. And so, uh, you know, even, even the, the still small things that other ministers would say, you should get this part-time at this job. And we'd sit there and we'd be like, oh my gosh, we could buy a house with this salary. Oh my gosh, we have a Hyundai Elantra. We could get another car. You know, we, every time we drive in that Hyundai after 65 miles an hour, you would, it would shake like this. So by the time you got to your destiny, you would have like a tension headache because your hands were reverberating all the way to your brain. Like literally, like it was just shaking for the better part of two and a half hours. Um, and so all of those things would just really sit well in your mind, right? Because in your own way, this makes sense. But in my spirit, it doesn't make sense. In my spirit, God is actually saying, no, red flag, don't do it. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. And so I said, Jonathan, you're the lead. But I really don't feel good about this. And when he said, when I said that, he was just like, dang it, I thought you were going to say something different. I thought I might have missed it hearing God. But obviously, if you... Uh, uh, don't feel it too. I started sensing it too. And so we just committed. We're like, we're not doing this. We're not going to buy a home. We're not going to uh, do uh, position ourselves to, to be rooted at a place that we aren't even sure this is where God wants us to be. We can't do it. We can't make our own moves. There's sacrifices that need to be made and they'll be well worth it. And at times it, you feel it, you know, I still felt it. I still felt it. going to these little churches thinking to myself, where's the breakthrough, Lord? Where is my Billy Graham, Jonathan Shuttlesworth? Because that's what you told me it was going to be. I want to see those stadiums. I want to see those crusades. Like, where is that life? Tell me where that is. And, and it was a sacrifice, but it was a privilege. Because now we look at that and we think, man, th those were some really fun days. You know, we, we did, we, we made it fun. We kept it light. We did it, you know, we did it because we were absolutely engaged in what God was calling us to do. And we weren't taking any, 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 anything from anybody else, even in our own kind of soulish way of trying to pacify 
the spirit and just do what the flesh wants to do. Man, it would be nice to get a paycheck. You know, my first paycheck was in 2017. I don't think anybody knows that. But I didn't even get paid for another 10 years after we launched uh, the ministry. And so everything was either to the ministry or uh, to, to the ministry. <laughs> it, was, it was to the ministry or to the ministry. Everything. And so people didn't like that. People don't understand. Why aren't you buying a home? Now you've got a daughter. You don't have a home. You don't have this. You don't have that. What, that, that that's the least thing. Oh, do you have a poverty mentality? And you're like, oh my gosh. So you're getting it in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. But just, just bear with it. There's a sacrifice that has to be made. You take up your cross. You put away those things that you desire. And you say, God, I'm your slave. You want me to go there? I'll do it. I'll do whatever you say I, I should do. I'll go wherever you say I'll go. I'll, I'll say whatever it is that you say that I should say. And if you keep it that way, if you keep God first, my God, that scripture can't be more uh, true. If you seek first the kingdom of God, he'll add everything to your life. Even the things that you didn't know you needed, even the things that you didn't think were capable of coming into your hands, God just freely gives them to you. It is the best life to live. And let me tell you, for those of you that are kind of standoffish about ministry and you're like, eh, I've only seen this, ministry is the most fun thing that you could ever do. You meet some crazy, crazy characters, okay? You, it's, it's a roller coaster ride, okay? I mean, it is, it is absolutely incredible. And, and uh, you know, I've got, like, uh, some evangelists here in the, in, this, in the studio with me, and I often think to myself, like, we, we would have never met. In the natural, you and I, we would have never met, but God. God looked at you, and he looked at me, and he said, let's get them together, because that would be fun. And we've just been having a blast. And it has been an absolute blessing. And, and the decisions that you make to pursue and fulfill the call of God on your life, they do not just affect you. They affect everybody. My entire family is here working with us now. Let that sink in. The people that weren't saved when I first got married to Jonathan, it was just me and Mags. Yeah, those people that wanted nothing to do with religion because they've had a... a, a you know, uh, a spoonful of that and it was sour. Those people, yeah, now they're all working for this ministry. My nephews, they, they've been they, they get, they, married to women of God who also work for the ministry. My nephew just had a baby girl, Penelope, Penelope Jane. She's the cutest thing. I'm her favorite person in the whole wide world, more than her mom and dad, but they don't realize it yet. Uh, you know, so it has quite literally changed the entire trajectory of our last name, Ortiz. And it wasn't because of me, although it was the decision that I made to fulfill it. It was just my obedience to God and God manifested the, the rest of it. He's like, look, you sacrifice this because, uh, you know, Hispanics don't leave home. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. We stick together like two birds of a feather. And we don't leave. You don't leave the house. You don't leave the state. And I was the first one to leave the state. Like quite literally move out of state away from my parents. So that was like, uh, my wedding day was almost like wedding. It was a combo. Wedding, funeral. Because everybody was so sad that they knew I was leaving. I was leaving. 
we can't see you as often as we can. And it was just like a very sad day. And it was a very sad adjustment for me. Let me, let me be frank. Let me talk some truth here. The first three months of being married to Jonathan were really difficult because it was like, it was a sacrifice. I sacrificed, you know, my comfort zone, the people that I loved, my family, my friends, the, my network, my safety net. I sacrificed that all to be in alignment with God. It wasn't even, I won't even say it was to, to just for Jonathan. It was because God called me there. So I can't say I sacrifice everything for you, John. You know, there's a manipulative way of people saying that about their spouses. I gave up everything for you. What did you give up? You didn't give up anything. Well, you, you're the wife. You got to submit, you know? So, uh, you know, but, but ultimately, if you get down to the nitty and the gritty, God is doing something in you. So he's actually moving you because he wanted you to do that. He wanted you there. So I remember thinking to myself, man, like this is really, this is really difficult. And I had a really hard time, uh, you know, wrapping my head around that. Like, I'm not going to be there with my nephews. I'm so close with my nephews. Like, what's going to happen with all of them? Like, you know, uh, I'm, I, and then the, the pride gets in. I'm the one that speaks life into them. Who are they going to have to speak life into them? You, you make up like all these weird excuses. And, and now look at where we're at. They're all here. And now God is redeeming the times. And all those years that I thought I lost, we're all together. We're all together working for the ministry, doing it uh, the way God wanted it done. And it is the most thrilling life to be had. I'm telling you. So the number one thing you have to do is take up your cross. Take up your cross. Sacrifice whatever it is that you want done and allow God to permeate your mind and say, listen, this is what I want from you. This is what I want you to accomplish in Jesus' name. Number one, I'm going to blow through the, the next two because these are just um, things that I've talked about and uh, things that you guys are familiar with. Um, and it says here, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love, and here's one, self-discipline, which is going to lead us into the next um, thing here. One of the things that I really want to quickly make mention about uh, fulfilling your destiny, especially this year, is you got to part ways with fear. Because a lot of times when we talk about the very first thing we talked about is taking up your cross, what allows us to not fulfill that scripture in our life is fear. Fear of what my parents are going to say, fear of what, um, you know, uh, other people will say, critics, well, I have a past. How is it that I can go into full-time ministry when people know my past? I've been very you know, open, everybody's open on Instagram these, these days. Like your, your past is right there in front of you. People know what I've been through. People know what I've done. And fear can zap that from you. Fear is a very ugly thing. It's a spirit. Um, and that's why I read 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. And unfortunately for a lot of us, 
uh, we have allowed that spirit to infiltrate. And if you continue to do so, this is a warning, and I felt it in my spirit. Uh, if you continue to allow the spirit of fear to infiltrate, to come alive on the inside of you, and to zap you from doing what it is that God's called you to do, uh, it's not going to go well for you. You will inevitably repeat last year or whatever year. And see, this is what's frustrating so it, it frustrates me the most about prayer and fasting because people press in for 21 days and you see them at church and they come in and they're believing God for the increase and they're in noon service, noon prayer, and they're in it, they're with it, let's go. And then by April, they're like posting pictures of, of you know, them at a Four Seasons resort at the beach on a Sunday morning. Like not even not even serious about ministry things or, or uh, you know, uh, the word. And so I just want you to understand, a lot of times when this happens, because I've, I've, I've tried analyzing, like, what is it that takes people off of course? Like, what would it be? And, and most of the time, aside from not taking up your cross and doing what God wants done, fulfilled in your life, you allow yourself to be in fear about certain things. Well, God's not calling you to be a preacher. Uh-oh, how is that going to look like? My dad said he was going to give me that church. But I don't feel that that's what I, I feel like God wants me to do uh, something else. I don't know. So what does that look like? And you're afraid. You're afraid to face the facts. Let me tell you how toxic that is. Feeling afraid to face Life is such a toxic trait. Can I tell you, when it comes to grieving, when it comes to uh, trauma in your life, this, this point right here will absolutely dismantle where you're to go if you allow it. And so you are quite literally, this is what this is going to look like. And, and it, fear is rooted at it, however you look at it. So uh, just recognize it. Recognize the signs, okay? Fear looks like this. Well, with everything that I've been through, I feel like I shouldn't trust God. With everything that I've been through, I've, I've been... Uh, sexually assaulted as a kid, and I feel like there's certain things that I still have to work through. And, uh, you know, this, this happened, and it was very traumatic. I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I never really had a mom that was there to really take care of me. And so we just kind of, like, allow these things to manifest. And really what it's rooted in is fear, fear of not feeling exposed, fear of feeling rejected, fear of feeling uh, grief, fear of feeling loss. I, I know this is kind of taken like a, a, a right turn somewhere, but this is going to bring healing to a lot of you. And, and the reason why you keep going around in circles is because you refuse to deal with fear in your life. And you've tried to pacify it. And you've tried to, to even uh, spiritualize it and say, no, we, we will not, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever. We will not uh, fear, which is good. Like, you, you should not fear. But a lot of times, when, when it comes to, like, healing, 
When it comes to traumatic events and, and uh, things that could actually dismantle or, or you know, get you off of the train track of, of, of fulfilling your destiny, you know, we, we, have to, we have to look at those things head on. And we have to just be aware of it. We can't run away from those things. Because in running, you're actually in fear about them. So it's like, okay. You know, every one of us has, has had a traumatic experience in life. But how you deal with it is what's going to make or break you. And so if you don't know how to heal from that wound, then it will always be a road for fear to come in and literally kick your behind. So I, I don't know where this whole teaching about how, uh, you know, Christians, we can never, we can never, um, we can never have a down day. We can never uh, have loss. We can never have defeat. We can never have, uh, we can never have uh, pain. We can never have sacrifice. Oh, no, no, everything's going to be honky-dory. There's this, this, this way of teaching things that people feel like it's just like, oh, just butterflies and rainbows every single day. But when you face something, when there's a storm, then all of a sudden nobody knows what to do with it and it, it gets scary. And then it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like uh, something like you're speaking against faith. If you suffer loss, you're speaking against faith. If, if you are sad or you're grieving or, uh, you know, there was something, there was, there was the defilement that happened. Somebody raped you. Somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, said things to you that were awful and you never really dealt with it because we are just supposed to be good, strong Christians and we just move on and we don't deal with it. But part of moving on, like, like the Bible says, let me read it to you. I'm going to find it for you once I do. Because I feel like there's setbacks that people have in their own mind because uh, you're going through something, because you're going through a difficult time, because you're going through the loss of your husband, because you're going through a loss of your child, because, uh, you know, uh, you, you've, you've tried to busy your mind about certain things just to run away. You've tried to busy yourself of di different things just to run away from uh, the things that you've experienced, and it's not healthy. God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and part of the healing process of whatever it is that you've un, uh, 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 went through, uh, whether it might be painful, whether it was something that you did to yourself or somebody, somebody else did to you, you know, part of the process of getting um, and of being a, an overcomer is to dismiss fear and say, I'm not going to fear this any longer. This is not going to be something that I'm afraid to face head on. From this moment forward, I am facing it head on. And it says in Ecclesiastes 3, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. 
Let me read this in a transition that I feel more comfortable reading because we'll be here for another 10 hours. Uh, that was the New Living uh, or the King's. Okay, it says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear or to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. That's the reality of life. And if somebody has ever told you, we're not allowed to grieve, Get over that. Don't, don't, don't allow yourself to get in that state. Why not? Get in that state. Get head on. Go head on with the trauma and deal with it. Do you know why? Because God has given you the power to do so. The power is found in the love of God. And once you can understand that, then, then you're not trying to uh, 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 heal from this. You know, people, they're in their 60s still healing from some traumatic event back when they were like in their teenage years. Do you think that's the way God wants it to be done? Where there's certain things that you have to avoid because if I go there, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cause me to think about the times where I was with my son. And then it just sets me off course. And for the better part of three months, listen, I know exactly what that's like. I know exactly what that's like. Don't do it this year. And a lot of you guys, you've, you've, you've had this thing called fear. I got I to gotta call it what it is. It's fear uh, as a crutch for you. When in reality, it's trauma. It's, it's, you said it's trauma. You say it's the death of somebody. You say it's, it's, it's these things that, that you, know, you weren't planning for, somebody threw on you, and blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to belittle anything that you've gone through. But what I am saying is be real with it. Identify it that that's a source of fear that is coming into my life and it's trying to kill me. And once you understand that, then, then you're going to be at war with this thing called fear. Because all of a sudden you're going to not want this. Why are we trying to avoid emotions? God put our, our emotions there. If you want to cry, cry. If you feel sad that your son died, cry. Be real with your emotions and just do it. There's a season for that. It's not a long season. But it's a season that you and God, you're going to have to come into alignment with that. But I can tell you, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We're not camping in there. But in order for us to continue to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, by golly, you're going to have to make moves forward. You're going to have to take steps to get out of that situation. And at times, the question is not going to be why. Why did this happen? Can you just shut up for a second? Can you just, what, who cares? The, who cares about the, I can tell you why. Because Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why. Ultimately, 
You want to know why that happened? Because of the devil. So moving on, moving on. Let's move on from that. The devil came to steal, to kill, to destroy your very soul. So that, that's why. So just, hey, hey, this is what it is. Okay. So no more, well, I prayed. I really, I could say that about my son. Well, I was praying. I did a whole series. I actually had a lady come out here uh, yesterday, and she said, I couldn't get pregnant for five years, but I watched your, your the ser- sermons um, on supernatural uh, or something like that, supernatural fruitfulness or something like that. It was a series that I did about fruitfulness while I was carrying my son, whom died. So, you know, you could say, like, wow, like, you know, I, I just wonder why. You know, I wonder, because I did that, and I felt led to do that. And look, all these people are getting, you know, these babies now, and, and I have a son who's died, and I just don't understand why. I mean, I was doing all the right things. Who cares? Who cares? Will that change anything? No. It's not going to change anything. So let's look at this head on and say, hey, this was a really crappy cup of coffee that they served me. Had to drink it, but it was crap. But that's not who I am. Boop. And, and uh, uh, unfortunately, when it comes to trauma and certain things in people's lives, it becomes like a badge of honor. It becomes a part of who I am. This is not, what, what happens with me in my life is not who I am. That's not who I am. When you look at me, you don't see, oh, this is a, a you know, the, 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 uh, she lost a son. No, you see somebody who's joyful. Do you know how many times people have asked me to talk about, um, you know, the, the, the losing a son, about um, infertility, about miscarriages? I'm not, that's not who I am. That's not my message. My message is on fear. So if y'all want to talk about that and huddle up and group up together, y'all can feel free to do that. That is not my story. And see, we have to, we have to understand that these things are, are th- this is what the devil does to people. He tries to defile you to get you stuck. Because if he can't get you to do adultery, he can't get you to do drugs, he's going to try to throw something in there to try to mess you up. And some people, they don't even, they can't even recognize Wait a minute, this was the devil. He was trying to destroy my marriage. He was just trying to destroy my life, my family, this ministry. Oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the spirit, you've got the war paint on. You're sticking your hair back, and you're taking the hoops out because now it's a time to, it's a time to fight. Uh, you know, you might have done this to me when I was a kid, but I'm not a kid anymore. And so I'm going to face that head on. Why, why, why is it that I feel this way? Why do I still feel these, these thoughts of uh, feeling incomplete? Why? Because I haven't given it over to him. I haven't fully given it over to God. I haven't fully trusted him that these things aren't something that I'm going to be dealing with for the rest of my life. Let's talk, let's talk very clear here. You're afraid. Cut out. The fear. Cut it out. I had a good friend of mine, just her daughter just went to be home with the, the, the Lord. And now they're playing with little Rodney. Now they're up, uh, up in heaven, causing, causing some commotion, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. 
you know, and I was, I was talking to my, my uh, friend in the car, and unfortunately, this doesn't happen a lot, because when it comes to, like, private conversations like this, with such, like, a heavy type of thing, I usually just keep it to me and, and her, but I was driving, and I didn't want the phone, and I was, like, really feeling passionate, but Anna and Camila were behind me. And they were listening to the whole thing. And it was like, it was getting, you know, it was getting serious. We were going through the, the things that have happened. You know, one of the things about that, that brings healing is being able to talk about it. Being able to talk about it freely. At first, I wasn't able to do that. I wanted to run away from these things. I didn't want to feel bad. I don't like feeling. Who likes feeling grief? I don't want to feel grief. But there's a reason why God says there's a season for that. There's a time for that. There's a time for you to grieve the loss of whatever it is, whoever it is uh, uh, that you're grieving. That's okay. Just grieve it out though. Grieve it out. Give it to God. Get God involved in it and say, God, I don't want to deal. Once I'm done with this, I'm done. I'm healed. And then separate yourself. See, that's, that, that's one of the, the, the glorious things about the word of God is that at times we, we can't separate the two. But God has given us the power to separate the two. When I was going through what was the greatest attack of my life and seeing my, my beautiful boy go to heaven, transition to heaven, I thought to myself, I'll never smile again. I'll never smile again. I'll never get through this. I'll never be able to, to, to speak about this. I just, I was like convinced of it. And then a year later, the feelings were very raw. I was still grieving. I gave my time. Like, if I wanted to yell, I was going to yell. If I wanted to punch a wall, I was going to punch a wall. Sometimes you feel angry. Like, not at God, but at the circumstance. Like, dang. You know, I, I just wanted this boy. And I got other, you know, there's some, I, I watched um, the, what is it, 911? What is that? Cops. And there was this, this crackhead, and she was eight months pregnant. Smoking a pipe. And she had three kids in there, perfectly healthy. And they're like, oh, the, the cops are like, oh, there's, there's Sally again, smoking a crack pipe, eight months pregnant. And I was thinking like, God, there's this crackhead right on TV. She's got no problem but, but taking these kids out. And so I got mad and I allowed myself to get mad. I'm like, this sucks. So I punched a pillow. I screamed into the pillow. And then I was over it. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good. And then after a, a year of that and just dealing with the emotions head on, not being afraid to deal with, not being afraid to cry, not being afraid to be sad. My sisters would come in and start talking and I'd just cry. Then they would cry. And then we'd laugh. It was just like this roller coaster of emotion. It's like, just be raw with who you are and just deal with it and know that you're going to get through it. And maybe that's, that's the whole point. Maybe some of you guys think that you might not get through it. You're going to get through it. And after a year of that, I looked at myself and I thought, wow, that happened to me? It just seemed like a nightmare. It just seemed like a dream, like a very far off dream. Because I've separated myself. I've allowed the Holy Ghost to infiltrate. I've allowed for him to mend my broken heart. That's what the word of God says he does. He, he mends the brokenhearted. So if you have a broken heart, let him. But the thing is, you got to let him. If you want to stay with the badge of honor, this is who I know. It ain't going to work for you. And you continue to spin in circles and, 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 and the things are not going to be able to be freely accessed. The flow is not going to access because you keep spinning around in circles because you've allowed fear to infiltrate and, and you have not trusted God to take you out of that thing. Let him heal you today.
Let him take over. Can you say amen? I was going to get into the third one. It's called laziness, but I'm not going to get into it because uh, that's, that's, these two are the bulk things that I really wanted to get off my heart. Uh, if you want to see a change, 2023, be the most incredible year of your life. I want you to put whatever you want done to the side, allow God to work through you, allow for his will to be your will, and uh, let go of fear. Let go of, of, of the comfy, cushy, you know, uh, place that you've allowed fear to step in uh, in your life. And you are gonna see, watch, you are gonna see this thing. It'll blow you away. By, by, by June, by the summer of this year, you're not even going to recognize yourself if you do these two things. I promise you. I promise you. So allow God to heal you. Look at those things. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything that comes your way. Well, this cancer, don't be afraid. Just allow God to heal you. Trust God. Trust God with everything that might be, and, and some of you guys are, are praying and fasting because of fear. You're afraid that this might happen. Let go of the fear and get into faith in Jesus' name. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for all of these people that are watching. I thank you for your hand of protection over their life. I thank you, Father God, that as your word has gone forth, they would receive it, Father. Let it take root in their heart. Let it create a reality on the inside of them that would last them a lifetime until you're coming back in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything of us, we put it on the altar. We sacrifice every bit of what we want to do. And we say, Father, you fulfill, not my will, Father, but yours be done. And Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for putting that blueprint, making it alive and real on the lives of those that are watching this broadcast in the mighty name of Jesus. And for those that have been bringing fear up because they refuse to face it head on, Father, let them be filled with faith today. Let faith come alive on the inside of them to let them know they're going to be all right. They're going to make it through. This is not going to haunt you another day in your life. Whatever's happened before today, it drops off of you like a sack of potatoes in the mighty name of Jesus. And you begin to walk in the healing. Let God mend your heart. Father, mend the hearts of those with broken hearts today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would inundate them with what lies ahead. Father, give them eyes for the future. Give them joy. Give them peace in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. And if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, my Savior. He died on the cross, but rose back from the dead on the third day to break the power of sin and death over my life. I am forgiven. I am a child of God in Jesus' name. And for those of you that want to sow a seed, I want to open up this as a, a time for sowing. And whatever it is that John's been giving away, give that away again, because I don't know what it is that he's been giving away. Is it the 21-day fast field guide? Is it Brother Teddy's book? Um, no, it's Dream Seeds. Pfft, even better. Even better. Uh, Dream Seeds by Brother Mike Murdoch. What would you attempt to do? 
if you knew you couldn't fail. Hallelujah. Uh, that just blessed me. So this is these are the ways to give. For your gift of any donation, I want to compel you to give today. Wrap your faith around that seed. Don't relent. Don't get your foot off the gas. We're right there. It's so close. I could taste it. I could taste the mozzarella sticks. Um, and uh, for those of you that prayed that prayer of salvation, please go to revivaltoday.com and make sure that you hit that I just got saved. We're about to head into prayer in about a minute, so I'll see you over there. Love you. Bye. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.